Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome, everybody, to episode 56 of IG2G. I am one of your glorious hosts, Mr. Eric, and with me, as always, today is the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. We've got all sorts of games coming at you. Do you like judging people? Do you like RPGs? Do you like racing? Oh, that's a spoiler. Gosh oh, darn geez, it. I should have been more clever with that well, one. Oh, gosh. Do you like <laughs> Oh, do you like <laughs> hey, Let's just blow it all up. Blow it Let's all just blow it all up. That's Who cares, Eric? It doesn't matter. You know what? You're going to get some good games, so stay tuned, because here a week ago... Number five. First up on the releases this week, we got Cadence of Hyrule. And yes, there is a much longer version of this title. It's got like a colon. It's like, hey, Legend of Zelda featuring Crypt of the Necrodancer or Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring... We're not going into all that. It's Cadence of Hyrule, developed by Brace Yourself Games, published by Nintendo. This dropped on the 13th of June. This is Zelda meets Crypt of the Necrodancer. I mean, what more do you need me to say? If you love those two games, you should get this. But if you don't know what Crypt of the Necrodancer is... It's basically a rhythm action roguelike game. You're going down through dungeons, you you move to the beat, you attack to the beat, and it's a roguelike, so it's really hard. You find resources that you can't carry over from run to run. You find some that you can that help you unlock additional resources. This brings a lot of those same things into a Legend of Zelda style world. Basically, you know, you're earning rupees, you're earning items that that you can't keep forever like there are items that uh, that wear down over time that that break over time and those don't transfer between the runs but what does is i believe you can get all the weapons like as soon as you find a weapon you can transfer that from run to run so instead of in crypto the necro dancer which if you watch me stream it at twitch.tv slash third shift me you would have seen me get like a cool spear and then when i die oh well spear goes away maybe i can find it in the next run who knows? This is a little more forgiving. Once you get a cool sword or a spear or whatever, it will carry over from run to run. What also does carry over from run to run, you can unlock some kind of like uh, some kind of like uh, song stones or like mystic stones that help you tr- teleport throughout the world. I think you can spawn in at certain ones for each run. So that kind of makes it a little bit less just you're starting over or you're starting from floor one or five or ten you know what i'm saying how how roguelikes usually work i believe the the world does still get randomized a little bit but not to any great degree so you can still use those those i almost said soul stones you can still use those stones to warp to you can carry over those weapons you unlocked so it is a little bit it's kind of a little bit like easing you into the roguelike elements of it but if you watch any gameplay of it the graphics are beautiful. They're kind of based on Link to the Past, sort of. They're a little rounder, a little softer. But the graphics are gorgeous. The music is also gorgeous. It's remixed Zelda tunes. So if you like the Zelda music, you're going to like this. It's like dance versions of it. Because you're moving to the beat, you're attacking to the beat, you're dancing around the enemies or dancing with them to fight them. If you never played Crypt of the Necro Dancer, I highly recommend that game on its own. But you should definitely check out some gameplay of it or of this because it's really it's really catchy. It's really fun. Like you get into a zone when you play it. So if you love that kind of thing and you love Zelda, this is obviously no brainer. Cadence of Hyrule, go pick it up, everybody. Number four. 
So first up for me today, we've got Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. It has finally arrived, developed by Bainox and published by Activision. Everyone suspected this was going to be coming out, and lo and behold, it sure did. It was released June 21st for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. If you like kart racers and you're bored of Mario Kart or just like something different for a little bit, this is going to be something that might get your interest, all right? It's got beautifully remade levels. In fact, there's 31 different tracks because they combined both of the Crash Team Racing games together and remade them all. However, the campaign, yes, there is a cool little campaign story, which I love it when they do things like this is just the original with the 17 tracks i believe and i will tell you this this game is harder than mario kart it is more technical than mario kart using the boost which involves the nitro etc revolves uh, involves a little bit more skill than anything you're going to do in mario kart and to top it all off the weaponry and items you get in this game are not as beneficial to you as the stuff you'll get in Mario Kart, so there won't be all that crazy just rubber banding between friends going from back to front. If you are not good at this game, if you do not practice those levels and learn where you need to be doing those nitro boost turns, etc., etc., you are going to find yourself sitting on your hands having a miserable time. With that being said, though, everything is gorgeous looking. The characters are all there. Everyone you know, everyone you didn't know, everyone's involved. The levels, like I said, are pretty to look at. Very, very cool, fun to play in. This game is awesome. It's I've watched a whole ton of it. Can't wait to get my hands on it. I love kart racers. Played it years and years and years ago, the original. Had a great time with it. Still, I didn't, at the time, I didn't think it was as good as Mario Kart. But who knows, maybe now I'll change my mind that I'm a little bit you know, wiser and older. I won't need all them little pickups and boosts to get me ahead of the game. However, I have heard that the AI in this game can be a pain in the butt. They are actually challenging and cheap. They will cheat and screw their way into the first place. So watch out for that. Be aware that it might happen and get your little calm pills ready. If this sounds like fun to you, please, please go take a look at it. Check it out on some YouTube videos or wherever you're going to go look. Have fun with it. And, uh, yeah. Get in that cart and have some fun, man. Number three. Next up, we got a game that Eric would actually love. This is My Friend Pedro. This dropped for PC and Switch, developed by Dead Toast Entertainment, published by Devolver Digital. This dropped on the 6th of June. This is a game in which a banana tells you to kill people, and so you do it. I mean, that's all I really need to say, right? A banana tells you to kill people. If I, if I picked up a banana and I took it to work and I was like, well, I'm going to have my lunch or I'm going to have my snack. Hey, banana. And he went, hey, you should kill people. I would say, yes, sir, Mr. Banana, sir. That's what you do in this game. So the story is kind of silly, but the gameplay is over-the-top, action, stylish, cool, awesome, doing like stunts and gun flips and jumping off walls and swinging on ropes and landing on skateboards and swooping up a half pipe and then shooting people. There's like a stage where you're going through a kitchen, you're like kicking knives around to kill people, you're throwing a like a frying pan up in the air and shooting at it, and it ricochets your bullets all around to kill everyone else. Totally cool, totally wild, totally stylish, totally awesome, absurd, amazing. Whenever you watch gameplay of it, I mean, it to me it looks a little strange. Like the graphics aren't all that great, and the jumps like look pretty floaty. But once you see whoever's playing it go into bullet time and pull off, you know, some John Woo flips and dives and ducks and double jumps and 
swinging on that rope and crashing through a window and taking out two dudes as you're like flipping over a desk. It's so cool. It's so stylish. It looks so much fun. You got a handful of weapons. Obviously, you got like a big shotgun. You got dual pistols and dual Uzis, which also means you can target two enemies at once. I haven't heard any complaints about that not working well. You know, whenever you get a system like that, you're worried about, you know, your arms going like crazy akimbo, locking onto stuff you don't want to. Haven't heard anything about that in this game. People just saying it's a blast to play. It's a blast to watch. You feel like a badass as you're doing all this stuff. Only negatives I've heard are just the story. Like, there's not much to it. I mean, Banana tells you to go kill people. what, What more do you really need? But, you know, it makes some references to, to gamers and to the internet and stuff. And people have been saying the story's not really as funny as the premise would make you think that it should be. But if what you really want is some wild action, some score attack, keeping up a multiplier, flying through the air, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, this is going to be the game for you. If you just want something fun and crazy that makes you look cool, feel cool, do cool things, go ahead and hit up my friend Pedro. Number two. This is one I really was starting to suspect was never going to make it to the light of day. It was postponed and postponed and postponed and just seemed to take forever. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It is a Metroidvania type game. It was developed by Artplay, published by 505 Games. And if you didn't know, Koji Igarashi, he, of course, is one of the producers and writers. And if you don't know... He was also one of the main individuals behind the old school Castlevania games. And this is indeed a spiritual successor to that because as you may or may not know, Konomi has been sitting on Castlevania for years and hasn't really done anything with it. So this is as close as we're going to get to a real new Castlevania game and it doesn't disappoint. Beautiful graphics, that 2.5 3D kind of crap going on, but it looks gorgeous. I was skeptical at first, but it did pan out and it looks great. It has all the same features as your Symphony of the Night would have, so you're getting tons of different weaponry that you can utilize to vanquish all the demons. And if you didn't know, it takes place way back in a magical day and date and time when you are the protagonist of Miriam, and you get involved with some alchemists, and they go ahead and jack you up and put some demonic shards in you and demon magic and all this crap. They do some hocus-pocus, bad things happen. You wake up many years later... And you're like, wow, this is bad news bears because the demons rule the world and you got to stop it. So you go head out. There's this giant castle looming over. Like I think they call it the hellhole. You're going to go inside and you're going to figure out who's there and take them out and get your world back. And you're going to meet a lot of characters that knew you along the way. Some that are friendly, some that aren't. And just discover the secrets of this mysterious castle. Dun, dun, dun. Sound familiar? Yes, it should. Because as I said, this is a successor to Castlevania's spiritual, I might add, because it's not actually one, because he can't take the name Castlevania. Anywho's, as I said, side-scroller, get tons of weapons, enemies drop loot, lots of cool boss fights, items to use to upgrade, equipment, all that good stuff. You can magic attack, da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, those typical RPG elements. All in this game, crafting systems are there, all of it. If you liked Castlevania, you will like this. So go check it out, because you can get it not only on the PC, which everything's on PC, but you can get it on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. They did cancel the Vita release quite a while back, but hey, you know, we all know the Vita's dead. Sorry. 
So go check it out right now because you will not be disappointed. Number one. Last but certainly not least on the releases this week, we got Judgment, developed by Ryuga Gotoku Studios, the Yakuza guys. Oh my god, I'm going to be super into this game. And published by Sega, this dropped on, hey, when did it drop on? It's kind of a mystery. It either dropped the same time as this episode, the 25th of June, or it dropped four days earlier because you got a digital version. You got to play it four days early on the 21st of June. I, of course, went with the physical version because you get a sticker. Like, I got to have a sticker, you know. You got to go to a studio sticker to put on nothing ever to just put leave in the case. Anyway, I did that, but people have been playing it. People have been streaming it for four days, and I'm chopping at the bit. I can't wait to get into this because this is a Yakuza spinoff game. Like, it's all in the same universe, same city, same all that stuff, but you don't have to know Yakuza to appreciate this game. You don't have to know the characters. You don't have to know nothing. There's, you know, some side characters that have some cameos. So as a Yakuza fan, I'm going to be super into that. I'm going to be enjoying that a lot. I saw Ono Michio running through the streets in one review. Like, Ono Michio dude with the big orange head. Oh, my God. It made me so happy. made me so... made me smile. But if you don't know anything about Yakuza, you don't have to. There's a totally different main character, totally different storyline. It's just set in the same universe. In this game, you play a disgraced former lawyer who is now kind of a private detective, and you end up you know, getting wrapped up into a serial murder case, investigating all kinds of stuff there, trying to find out what's going on. But you're still in Kamurocho, so you're doing all kinds of side missions, all kinds of cool stuff. Oh my goodness, it makes me so happy. So as a detective, new things that you're doing here that you don't do in Yakuza games, you're doing detective things. You're actually investigating crime scenes. You're going around. I've heard, you know, some negative stuff about this that you're basically just scrolling your, you know, a little icon across the screen and trying to find things as you're walking around the 3D space. But that's all detective games. That was L.A. Noir. That's Batman, Arkham Asylum, all, all the Arkham games. That's just what detective stuff is. You got to look around and find stuff. I mean, what do you, what do you expect? But you're doing that. You're investigating crime scenes. You're also interviewing suspects. You're interviewing witnesses. You have conversation trees, which you really don't have in any Yakuza games. Like, occasionally you would normally have a, like, a yes or a no or a, you know, like, maybe one or two conversation options. Here you have a whole tree to go through. You know, like I said, you're interviewing people. You're looking for more details on what's going on. Slight negative on that that I've heard is there's no fail state to conversations. So if you kind of screw stuff up or you start heading down the wrong path, you kind of can just, you know, make your way back to that prompt that started you down the trail and pick the other option. But it's still something that wasn't in other Yakuza games. Conversation tree. What else can you do? You can tail suspects. Again, I've heard... You know, this is kind of not not that exciting, but, you know, think of like Grand Theft Auto. Oh, you got to tail the guy. Well, you walk around, you like sneak up on the building, you know, look, they look over their shoulder, they don't see you. It's, you know, it's something they do in a lot of games, but obviously you have to do it. You're a detective. You're going to tail people. You're going to tail suspects. You're going to tail people of interest to go find out what they're doing, what what's going on, and you're going to have to chase them. Big chase scenes in this game kind of think of you know, the the old the Shenmue style, quick time event type chase scenes. I've seen a lot of like jumping over the fence, you know, with with a triangle button doing this, that, and the other thing. Again, people don't like quick time events a lot, but this is kind of the best way you can do it in the Yakuza game, in the Yakuza type engine. Now, one thing I've heard nothing but good stuff about the last detective-y type thing you're doing, 
you have like a little drone, like, you know, a little drone, I think it's hooked up to his phone or whatever, and you can use that to surveil people. You can conduct surveillance on people. So you're, you're watching them, you know, go into this building. Well, okay, so they went in. You go up to the first floor. You're watching through the windows for them. Second floor, you're tailing them up the window, seeing who they're talking to, finding more people of interest or, you know, overhearing phone conversations, that kind of stuff. So that's pretty cool. That's something that hasn't been in any Yakuza game, obviously, because you're not a t- detective. If you want to know something, you run up and punch somebody. But you can't do that here. You're a detective. You're a good guy. Not the cure is good. Okay, I'm going off on a Yakuza tangent. Never mind. Things that are in pretty much every Yakuza game, all kinds of side missions, side stories, you know, helping people out on the street, meeting crazy characters, solving their little side stories, activities as well, classic Sega arcade games, drone racing, which I'm pretty excited about because I watched drone racing once like on ESPN3 and I was like, this is pretty cool. So you get to do that in this game. All kinds of side activities that you can do to kill time. Uh, another cool thing that I've heard about... Um, you got two different fighting styles in this one, which I, I appreciate the you know the rotating fighting styles. But your basic fighting styles are going to be a lot more ac- acrobatic, a lot more freeform. Like you can jump off of walls. Like if you get cornered, you can jump off the wall with a flying punch or a flying kick. A lot more agile than Kiryu is. You know he's kind of a a big burly dude. So here playing a different character, you got a lot more like jumping and kicking and fast fluid movement. Another cool thing about the combat is when you're fighting against really strong enemies, they can do like mortal wounds to you, I think is what they're called, quote fingers. And instead of like not just doing a bunch of damage, that also like chips off chunks of your health bar. So like the the footage I've seen from the IGN review the dude had a ginormously long health bar, but then he took this giant, you know, like ground and pound move from the bad guy he was fighting, and it it made it took away from the max health possible on that health bar. So it gives, you know, kind of a little bit more I mean, not that combat was ever incidental in the Oxy games, but lend a little more, you know, weight to combat. Like you have to dodge, you have to block, you have to move around, you have to not get hit by these giant things because not only does it do damage, but it makes it harder for you in the long run because you have to go and get, you know, use like a expensive med pack that from one specific shop owner to heal that damage instead of just, oh, he hit me really hard, I'm going to eat a food item and I'm back up to normal. You know, you you take the damage, but then you can't heal up as much. So it affects you in the in the longer run. Not forever or anything, but... So I've been hearing lots of good stuff about this. I can't wait to get my hands on it. It's shipping via Amazon. It's coming tomorrow. I can't wait to get it. Can't wait to get that sticker. And again, do nothing with it. But if you've ever heard me talk about the Yakuza games and how cool and awesome and fun and exciting they are, and you go... What are they up to, like, Yakuza 20? I am never getting into that series. Here's the perfect chance for you to play a, quote fingers, Yakuza-type game, but not have to invest in a giant series with these characters and all this history, because it's a total, standalone, side, spin-off type of game. So, if you like me talking about any of that stuff, and you want to get into it, get into Judgment. It's out right now as you're listening to this. Go pick it up. Imposter's topic of the day. So, it's a little bit late, but of course our show is every other week. So, hey, we can only do so much here. But the topic today, I thought, could be E3's over. It's come, it's gone. In all shapes, ways, forms, and fashions, everything you could have learned and seen has been put out there. So with the dust settled, and everything over, and the year just chugging along, what... What did you take away? What did I take away 
from this E3? Are we happy about it? Are we excited about what's to come? Was it a meh? Don't really care. Were we sad? You know, what emotions do you have about E3 in general? The games it showed? What's coming? What's not coming? Just a nice little over, little I don't know, just a nice cap off over here yeah. to let E3 go forever until the next year. So to start <laughs> it, Matt, give it to me. Well, I'll start off by saying I'm more excited than I was going in, but it wasn't. There wasn't any like big blow up, like excitement, like "Oh my god, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs" type of moment for me. But going in, I was like, I don't know, it'll be an E3. And now afterwards, especially looking back on it, like I pulled up some articles, like, oh, best of E3, all the games that were announced, and there was a lot of stuff that I missed, mostly from like the Nintendo conference, but. Afterwards, I'm like, oh, man, maybe I will get excited about a Watch Dogs for the first time ever. Oh, man, maybe this is the year I have to get a Switch because of all these cool games that are coming out for it. So I'm I'm not like rocket ship to the moon excited, but I'm definitely more excited for the, the near future of gaming after E3 than I was before E3. So what about you, high-level overview, what do you think? I went into this one indifferent, like you, not too excited, not really like, eh, whatever, don't care. Mm-hmm. And I came out feeling mostly the same, um, mm-hmm. but not in a negative way. I don't want it to seem like I was bummed, because I wasn't bummed out this year or nothing. No. There's decent games. There's stuff coming, but I just felt like it It just it didn't need... And it's cliche, because other people are saying it too, but it, it is honest to God what I feel. I, I just feel like it wasn't needed. I feel like most of the games that were talked about were stuff we've already seen before or heard about before and stuff that the developers or publishers themselves have already introduced and we just saw kind of like part two trailers and a re you know, oh, hey, I know you saw this teaser, but here's an actual trailer now. And so I just feel like it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that one game. Oh, yep, yep, they showed the one that they showed. Okay, yeah, yep, there's the other one they showed. Yep, okay. So games I'm excited about, yes. But I didn't feel like there was anything in there that I really went, what? Oh, my God. And then I flipped out of my chair and I was like, oh, shaking, shaking and just like, oh, I can't help myself. Not even the Breath of the Wild sequel? Nobody said boo about that beforehand. No, because I don't like Breath of the Wild. I thought you, well, you were loving it when you started I off. started it and liked it, and but it was, it's too open world. It, okay. You just yeah, yeah. I I got that you know my problem with that. I just wander yeah, off. Yeah. I never do anything I'm supposed to. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I just wasted 40 hours literally picking apples and collecting sticks. This is stupid. I can't play there's this. There's no game. sewer kingdom for you to No, to, there's to no sewer kingdom. Into, just so. just an overarching world to just keep going and going and collecting more sticks. So Okay, okay. The game's fantastic. I'm not I know everyone oh, you're an idiot. Yes, I'm an idiot, but I don't like the over, I just don't like it. I want the old school Zelda back. That's why I'm excited about Link's Awakening. But once again, mm-hmm. they've already shown that. They've already that was t- played that was their teased, hand. Yeah. yeah. So whilst I was excited about that new trailer and more in depth look at it, it want I just something I already knew was coming. Something I was already mm-hmm. looking forward to. And I'm like, okay, cool beans. The Breath of the Wild trailer. I'm like, yeah, I have only played. 25 30 hours of the first one and literally i've gotten no of the none of the divine beasts down i've done none of the main quests i think i've only visited one village the entire time i've been playing so Mm. i've done nothing i think i have like five thousand apples and a bunch of sticks (laughs) so yeah there you go (laughs) so that's my overall opinion just uh Mm. okay cool it happened that's neat more stuff i'm looking forward to but nothing nothing groundbreaking nothing i think was critical yeah, I, I think I'm, I, I mean, 
I'm a little more excited than you, but I, I agree that nothing I'm really excited about was like, well, I said it already, no big mind-blowing moment. Like, I was already excited for Cyberpunk 2077, so seeing Keanu Reeves in it and the Keanu Reeves moment was like kind of like, all right, sweet. But I, I was already on board 100% because it's CD Projekt Red. Stuff like Watch Dogs. Like, I'm excited for that now, but not because I'm like a diehard Watch Dogs fan. Just like the, the whole be any NPC and stalk an NPC and make them part of your crew. That sounds interesting. But I'm like, man, I'm not like slamming the table. Can't wait for this to happen. But then there are also things that some that I missed, like with Nintendo, No More Heroes 3, seeing another trailer for that with a little bit of the humor thrown in. You know, and uh, the Fire Emblem, I didn't know there was anything more on the Fire Emblem. It wasn't really a gameplay trailer or anything, but seeing some more about it and knowing what the release date actually is. So I, I'd agree the things that got me excited were like little bumps of happiness. Yeah, like exp- additions. As, yeah, yeah. Additions instead of just like actual mountains of happiness and glory. It was just like a bunch mm. of little, hey, that's neat. Hey, cool. I'm glad that's happening on this time. Oh, neat. Mm. There's another trailer for that. Like you were saying, that's, that's exactly what happened. Like uh, Outer Worlds, they showed some more with that. I'm like, mm-hmm. very cool. I love it. I'm interested in that game. It's nice to see a little bit more on it. They did some interviews with it, which was fun. But there still wasn't any gameplay that no. I saw. Mm-mm. Just so, more, just more information talking around how what they want to do with it and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Which you know, it's fun. And I'm like, cool. But like you said, nothing amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Out. I think Outriders was something I thought was really cool. It was that square. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the square one, right? Yeah, Outriders. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one looked really neat. They didn't really show you anything about what it was anything really about. Yeah. But I was like, oh, cool. Some weird, like, alien apocalypse-looking craziness thing going on. I don't know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested, but I have no idea what you are yet. So, okay, we'll wait a little bit on that one. And then the uh, Tales of Arise, you know, that was a mm-hmm. neat one. But, And I think that one was a first. That one might have actually been a little surprise for me because I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that one at all previously. But... I think Outriders and Tales of Arise were the two that were the only two I hadn't already been like, oh, yeah, okay, woo, yeah, I'm ex- I haven't seen that before. It looks cool. Mm. Well, I got a couple like that for me. One was well, that I just found today, literally, going through the all the games announcement things. Uh, Astral Chain, which there wasn't much shown about it, but I think it was in the Nintendo conference, but... The fact that it's by Platinum Games, anything from them, I'm going to have to get on board with. And then another one that I totally forgot about, Carrion, the the one where you're like... Yeah, the, the monster and you're eating the, the monster. people, the scientists. Yeah, yes. that, that was a very pleasant surprise. That was one thing that I actually got excited about when I saw it on Devolver Digital's Twitter account. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, whoa, where did I, how did I miss this? This looks amazing. But still, it's it's a little indie game, and I don't think it has a release date or anything. So it's kind of like the, whoa, cool. Eventually, mm. I'll know more about that. Yeah, see, I had that one. That one I'd seen before. I don't know where, but I'd seen the Carrion hmm. one before. So I knew about it, but I was happy to see more of it because I had forgotten mm. about it. And then when it came back up, because nice. I was watching the Devolver, you know, press release, and I went, mm. oh yeah, that was another one. Of those, oh yeah, I forgot. That's gonna be great because mm-hmm. who doesn't like giant, you know, weird red mutated monster things blobs eating people it's freaking cool absolutely that's one thing i gotta go do i never saw their actual press conference like i saw a bunch of the games via their twitter account but that's one i still have to go back and watch yeah because 
some crazy stuff goes down, Matt, okay? Well, I'm sure. We got problems over there at Devolver Digital. We got to fix them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. I mean, you said you got a few surprises, a bunch of hmms mm-hmm. and haws. I guess what what was the biggest maybe disappointment and or the biggest happy note out of this mm-hmm. entirety, the entire thing? I mean, I thought you'd be, did they even talk about judgment anymore? Cause no, because no, that's it was, out. It was so it's so to close being to being out. out. It's, it's out I didn't now. see it. Yeah. yeah, it's currently out. So, mm-hmm. hmm. Come on, man. What you got? What was what was your biggest happy moment and your saddest thing that didn't happen? I mean, mm. mine's easy. While you think on it, man. How about this? I'll give you my most disappointed thing. Okay. <sighs> no, no, we all know what you it is. That was never going to happen. It I told was, you no, it wasn't going to happen. No. It was it never going to happen. I thought, well, it depends on which one you're talking about, okay? Because both, to me, could have happened. Uh-huh. And I don't know no, why they don't. Okay. The one could not have happened, and you know it. No, okay. You we, said it last year. It's not going to happen that year or you know this what? year or any three, year from now. Three disappointments are the three. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the dead space remake? Okay, all right. That's not going to happen. I, I want it. Secondly, nope. the other one that's probably never going to happen. Where's my breath of fire? You know, never going to. That's the one. You're never. bringing them back. You keep bringing not all ever. these things back, and you won't bring back nope. the best RPG there is. Nope. Nope. In the stable, sitting there, just dead to the world. It's, it sickens me. It just sickens me. And the one that I truly thought might have happened didn't happen. This is the one that, the real one, the one that actually is like, come on. Square did not announce another Chrono game. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure. I was like, okay, since they're focusing on that remake with the Final Fantasy series, they're not going to announce a new one, which they didn't. So I was mm-hmm. correcting that. But I thought for sure they'd take some time to do an awesome new chrono game while they're focusing on the remake which you know needs a lot of people apparently but i didn't think would need you know an entire freaking couple crews of people working on it. i thought maybe they could split it apparently not so i was sad to see that and really broke my heart because we're due for another chrono game because it's the best and we deserve it as gamers yeah. <laughs> well, see there, I, I I finally thought of two disappointments. One we already did know about Sony not being there. It just didn't feel right not to have the big three all there. Like, I mean, generally, you know, everything goes multi-platform anyway. So when I see Xbox stuff or stuff from Ubisoft, I know it's going to come to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But they usually have a different spin on things or they do a deeper dive on certain games like they did last year. They had the five games they were bringing. So it just, it just didn't feel right to not have them there, even though, you know, they did the big Death Stranding thing beforehand. It, I don't know. It just didn't feel the same. Like I watched the Xbox conference, and then it was like, oh, here's some companies that I enjoy but don't like, you know, I'm not a diehard Square Enix fan or a Bethesda fan or a, I can't even, I'm blanking on the other one even. So, Bethesda? I, I said Bethesda. <laughs> oh, God. I said. <laughs> Shows how much Eric was. I was listening. I thought oh, I heard man. you say square, and I was like, square. He didn't say Bethesda, did he? <laughs> <laughs> but there's one I can't remember. It's not Ubisoft, because I generally like Ubisoft type things, but I don't know. It just didn't feel right not to have like the big three back to back on separate days. Instead, it was Xbox and then kind of everybody else and everybody else and then Nintendo over here. I don't know. Just just felt weird. EA. 
Oh, that one I didn't watch at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Well, well, you, well I'll tell you they, this. You missed out, though, on the EA one. Because, yeah, they got a lot of the stuff that neither of us care about. But they did mm-hmm. talk a lot about the Star Wars. I, d- I did see at least some of that part, I think. But, they, well, they did, like, the whole weird, like, a day before everybody mm-hmm. sit around in a weird outside talk panel thing. EA That's Play weird. or whatever. That's too weird. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was definitely different and strange, and I'm not sure where they're going with all of it. And honestly, EA's put out too many games now that I've kind of been like burned by a little bit. Mm. So they're in the bucket of, even though it's Star Wars and I love Star Wars, I'm like, we'll wait. I'll, I'll let that game come out and just see the light of day for all the glory and or in glory it's going to get, and then I'll make a decision. <laughs> yeah, like what everything they showed looked good. But it wasn't real gameplay. It's like once I see gameplay with a HUD and a heads-up display and somebody holding the controller and moving them with their th- with the thumbsticks, then I'll get excited. But I mean, like you said, not and not even just them. I've been burned by too many CG or quote fingers gameplay trailers in the past that I saw it and I went, "Well, that looks neat. I hope it plays like that, though, or mm-hmm. hope it looks like that when it plays." Yeah, you know how it is. But I will say my second disappointment was one I wasn't expecting going in, and then I saw the rumors, and then you were like, oh, there's a very strong rumor that this could be <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. A Nier Automata sequel or something <laughs> new by anything. Yoko Taro. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I mean, Platinum Games had a thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's also by one of the like the art designers or character, character designers from Nier Automata is attached to that game, too. So that made me a little excited for that more. But... Where's Yoko Taro doing something freaking goddamn weird? I wanted weird stuff from him, whether it's near Automata or anything else, and it wasn't there. So It wasn't. <sighs> saddened. I was saddened as well. Because, honestly, that Square conference, while cool, some of them games just had no business being in there. Mm. Like, some of them games were just mobile hopsters and goofball games and and like of course hey we're just bringing back uh these random uh saga frontiers and whatever and it's like that's cool for those who want to preserve those titles etc etc i'm like that could that could have just been a square press release sometime down the road i was hoping for the the hotness the big takes Mm -hmm. so which leads me to my and i gotta say my two biggest happy moments Mm -hmm. And one's tied together, so it's almost three, but it's not really. And I'll start with the Final Fantasy remake. That mm. was awesome. Like, I've known it's coming. We've seen a bunch of gameplay, et cetera. But that trailer, the Tifa getting unveiled, and then the mm. fight they showed and how the mechanics are really going to work when you're in combat had mm. me sold. And just every moment of that looked freaking amazing. And I like how the material is incorporated into the weapon. You can actually, like, see it in there. And how oh, nice. when you're striking, that's just to build up your attack so you can do your you know your your meteor slash, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, ATB or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that's going to be good. I'm enjoying that. And you got to switch between characters constantly so you can get their moves up and then use their bigger mm-hmm. attacks. So you're constantly like, okay, I just use his, let him go auto attack for a minute, do this, da-da-da. The management and the control you get over that looks great. And I'm like, I cannot wait to play this. And then, of course, he came out and was talking about how they've expanded so much that this is going to be two Blu-rays of just Midgar. Wow. So I'm like, the story they're going to tell here, it seemed like they're going to tell, is way beyond the story they told in, of course, the original FF7. And Mm -hmm. like I've said a million times, all the individuals who made that one are back on board. So it's not like we're getting some weird, hokey, put-together, secondary, alternate reality story. This is... 
this is them all making it again, but now with all the better tech, all the better power, the memory, etc., so they can really just go to town, which is what it sounds mm-hmm. like they're doing. My only downside is to all that is they seem like they don't know what they're doing. It seems like they're like, yeah. okay, well, what's after disc one? Or, you know, or whatever, you know, part one. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Well, we don't want to talk about that. We don't know about that. We don't know about that. We don't know. How many discs is it going to be? How many parts are we getting? We, oh, we don't know about We don't know anything. We don't know. We're going to see how let's, this goes. <laughs> let's see, I actually had a thought about this because it was, you know, it was in one of the articles that I was talk that I was reading up on before the show. And I've gone on record, I think on this show and definitely face to face with you saying this this will never happen. It will never actually come out. There will never be pieces of it coming out. And I thought, hmm, well, if there's one piece coming out and it's this weird like I don't know who 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 type of situation, maybe the actual thing is coming out on PlayStation 5. That's probably and, it. And you're going to get part one here, and then, oh, get the whole story as a big, hot, happy-ass launch mm-hmm. title on PlayStation, PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5, yeah. That's probably what's happening, because they're very secretive. They don't usually let spill spill beans on anything. So instead mm. of even hinting at anything, typically what they do is go, we know nothing about nothing. And you're like, what do you mean you know nothing? And that's exactly what they did. We don't know anything. And it's like, uh-huh. okay, yeah. You're probably already developing for the PlayStation 5, and because mm. of all the different NDAs and contractual bullcrap, you can't even mention it. You can't mention anything to anything because it could be tied to something. And So you're just mm. like, we don't know what we're doing. Goodbye. And you're like, that's really weird. <laughs> so this first part will be like a demo disc, like essentially. Like, oh, like uh, Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes was like, hey, here's a little, like, here's a game you can play, but it's not the whole experience. To get that... You're going to have to go over there. The PlayStation 5, where you'll get the whole darn thing. And if you played part one on the PlayStation 4, your data will save over, and you can start right from where you left off with all your, obviously, Mm -hmm. your stuff. And away you go for the rest of the game on the PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's a prediction. Mark it. See if it's ever true or not. And we're always good on predictions, so you know what's going to happen. Yeah, we're so accurate. It's amazing. And then quickly, to tie my last part off, the Bethesda. Their their conference was pretty cool because they had the Doom Eternal, which showcased tons of really cool gameplay and that single player little like weird um, Minecraft like Mario adventure thing they got going for that looked mm. really cool. And then uh, Young Blood was the other one. They oh, showed yeah, yeah. some more of Young Blood, Wolfenstein Young Blood, and I love the dynamic between those two sisters going back and forth. They can high five each other and get health back and crap, and mm. I'm just like. They banter back and forth to get morale, and I'm like, yes, this is going to be good. We're going to be playing this game, streaming it, laughing, getting each other oh, murdered. Yeah. I'm mean, looking forward to it. I was glad to see more gameplay on it. So those are those are my biggest hooah, good stuff moments. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? So I think for me, I'll start off with something I had no, I, no idea, nothing about. And the more I see about it, the more I like it. And it's Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, the little little gummy men dude game where it's a hundred of you going through like obstacle courses because it's just it, it's simple and it's fun without you know being like the the frustrating that a lot of battle royale games can be because mm. you're not like sniping each other you're not really i mean you're affecting each other but it's you're pushing them out of the way and trying to get through the door or you know climbing up the hill and knocking them in front of the big bounty thing it's silly and fun and the more i see of it like i actually watched some gameplay earlier today it just puts me in that just like 
like fun party game kind of vibe, but also since you're competing against a bunch of real people, it actually feels like something like a game you're playing instead of just a silly little mini game. And plus the throwbacks to Takeshi's Castle or Wipeout or any of those style shows that are just ridiculous. I don't know, something about it really kind of caught my eye and I was like, here's a Battle Royale game I might actually play and enjoy. And it just seems simple and fun and how has this not happened before? Some kind of, you know, a silly party game Battle Royale style. I don't know, something about it really clicked with me. So the more I see of it, the, the happier I get, the more hoo-ha I get on that one. Awesome. And that's it for you, huh? That was your big moment, your big exciting time. <laughs> I just needed to take a drink, oh, man. Jeez. Okay. Well, I was going to prep it up. <laughs> it's all Matt's well, got. Have... It's all he's got. Gummy bears on adventure. All right, everybody. <laughs> hey, it looks fun. What can I say? It, it looks entertaining. But I think I had another one, and I totally just lost it completely right now. Oh, no. But, I would say the other, the only other thing that really kind of, you know, it made my eyes go wide. I've mentioned it before, Watch Dogs Legion. The fact that you can affect NPCs and then use what, like, they, I think it was a behind-the-scenes video or maybe it was on Twitch or just an article I read. They had a, they had a specific example of, like, you know, you, you went on a mission, you broke in, and you put a security guard dude in the hospital. But outside of the mission, you can you know still track what that security guard guy is doing. So he's in the hospital. You can hack into the hospital, prioritize his health care, so he gets preferential treatment, and it makes him like your dead set group a little bit more. And then you can go and follow him here and see what he's up to and make his actual like daily life better. And by doing so, it inf- it influences your influence over him. So when you know you go through a little bit of side missions and do a loyalty mission with him, then you can actually bring him on the team and play as that character. Maybe he's got a bonus to combat because he's a security guard, or you know you find people who are, have bonuses to hacking or this or that or stealth or whatever it is. Now the only bad thing because that kind of took me down off my hoorah of that is. Once they're part of the team, they kind of get slotted into one of three different categories. So you're going to be a hacker, a combat mm-hmm. guy, or a stealth person, or whatever it is. But that kind of just like, I, I love messing with NPCs. I like doing anything. And like, those seem like a lot of fun systems to manipulate to see how far they can go. I love doing that kind of stuff in game. I don't care about the story, London, whatever, Brexit, Haxit, dead sec, who cares? If you can, if you tell me I can fuck with the NPCs and then be them and then fuck with more NPCs, that's the kind of shit I really love. And I'm going to be doing that for like 40 hours. Just, who's this guy? He's got a red hat on. <laughs> Screw you, red hat guy. I'm going to be you. And then walk down the street. Look at this guy with a coat. I'm going to be that guy next. Hack, 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 just something about it. I don't. It's you don't look at me with that face, Eric. I can't, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just I don't know. It plus it makes the world actually more alive and means something. Like any NPC in any other game, they're just a, a body walking around. Mm-hmm. Here, that could be you. You could be that person. I can't wait to see what kind of weird NPCs they put in there. Like maybe there's a, a London theme park and you get a big bobblehead mascot guy you can be. That would be freaking amazing. Yeah, that's where I'd go. I'd go straight to the circus, and I'd have a whole crew of cl- clowns. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Just, uh, no, that 
I was impressed with it, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I get I get paralyzed with indecision when it comes to that type of stuff, and then I mm-hmm. start to get annoyed and aggravated, and I just feel stressed. So mm-hmm. I can't play those those kind of games where you got to make too many choices and decide too many things. And I'm like, no. What if I'd have chose them? This might have been better. What if I'd have done this? What if I'd have gotten him over here, her over there? Oh my God, why is this happening? Oh, I gotta just, just turn it off and redo it. I gotta turn it off and redo it. Oh my God, I wasted this day. I don't know what to do. <laughs> See, I think I think that's why I'm super interested in this specifically because the Watchdog story and all this other stuff. I'm not gonna have any qualms about. Hey, I'm in a story mission, but look at that guy. That guy's got sunglasses. I want to wear sunglasses. Bye, mission. I, uh, that that would be the the most fun part of that game. I can't wait to just. I just want to screw around in this weird in this weird open hack world. That that just sounds fun to me. Maybe that's the way to do it. Just go in there with the notion that you're just screwing around, just getting mm-hmm. these NPCs, and not caring about the story or doing it right or anything yeah. else. Just laughing at all the dumb things you do with your characters, and that's gonna be it. There you go. Make it like a GTA, but you know. <laughs> That's just what I was thinking. If you put them in the hospital, I prioritize their care. Oh, man, I really want to be this guy with the cool hat. Let me whoop out my nightstick and beat the crap out of him. So he will eventually like me. So like, he will love well, that me doesn't later. make any damn sense. Uh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> well, awesome. I mean, plus, plus, oh, now I'm thinking about good stuff. There's little spider robots in the trailers. They jump mm-hmm. up and tase people with their face hugger stuff. I can't wait to just be the spider robot all the time and just face hug just everybody. Face hug everybody, yes. And just yes. do everything wrong, but have the most ridiculous fun in it. So, man, dude, now I'm getting hyped. Hell yeah, Watch Dogs Legion, man. There Woo! you go. See, there it is. We got it. You did it. There's Matt's get hype moment. We knew it was coming. Wasn't that gummy bears? Gummy bears is just a warm up. There it is. That's right. That's the real one. So I don't know. I think that about covers it. You know, we covered with disappointments, happiness, overall, just mm-hmm. general E3. I hope next year, like you said, everybody's back. I hope it's a E3 mm-hmm. proper. I do wonder. There's been a ton of oh, scuttlebutt and whoa, is E3 going to come back forever and ever? Is it going to change or is it just going to go away? You know, I don't know. It won't be next year for sure. So I think for sure we're going to get one next year, whether or not it goes away or whatever adapts to something completely different, but. I, I will say, as much as I do love E3, and I want it to stick around forever because there's nothing else like it, I, I mean, I have to say, watching some of those press conferences and seeing, like, these giant, enormous halls with huge screens of just, like, millions of dollars thrown at this one presentation, mm-hmm. after seeing it for days upon days upon days on end, I was kind of like, oh, man, I would really like this to be smaller, mm-hmm. like, and more intimate and less... Let's put 10,000 people in a room and make them scream every time we announce something. Like, I want it to be like, I don't know. I don't know what it would change to, but I want it to be a more intimate experience. Like, something that doesn't just scream, we are billionaires. Spending money. Cheer for our thing. show you stuff. (laughs) Yes, we're going to spend all this money to show you stuff you're going to give us money for so we can have more money. Well, and that's what. Like, it, well, not only that, but everybody now they invite public, but you got to pay. But all the press right. and everybody who gets in there, they get all their games for free. So mm. it's like everybody they're showing the game to, and when I yeah. is getting it for free anyway to review it. So it's like here, let's spend billions to show you this thing we're going to give you for free a few months from now or whatever. 
because then, we want you to hype it yeah, to make counter people it, pay the money for it to get it and it's just it's such a weird system it's so strange <sighs> whatever yeah, yeah I, 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 I think it'll I change mean, and i mean i'm not that guy but seeing just like the floor to ceiling displays every single like three hours i was just like jesus christ this is ridiculous mm-hmm. i don't know but i would like to be merged one time and just a video game oh, yeah. spectacle. You know, that would be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Just every wall to floor, like you said, everywhere you look, it's video game something, video game this, video game that, cosplay this. Mm-hmm. That would be neat. I think a PAX is probably the closest we'll ever get to it. But, yeah. dang, we'll see. We'll see what time holds. Will E3 stand the test of time? Tune in next year to find out, everybody. <laughs> I mean, they tried to make it go away before, they did. and it's just, it just came crawling right back. It crawled it's back. bigger than ever. Mm-hmm. And then it's dying again, but you know what? We've seen it come from the ashes. It'll do it again mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. So that wraps up the E3 talk, and that pretty much wraps up the show. Let's go to the wrap-up. Imposters wrap-up. So what do you guys think about E3? What were your big get-hype moments? What were your I'm-so-sad-I-don't-like-this moments? What do you think about the future of E3? Tell us all the answers to all of those things via email info at thirdshift.me. Tweet them at us at thirdshiftme or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us there. You can also find us over at the wonderful Patreon where you can, if you like what you hear, go over there, give us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, a thousand bucks. We treat it just like a tip jar. Anything and everything is very, very helpful. It keeps the lights on, keeps us rocking and rolling. You know, we always tell you, if you can, that'd be great. If you can't, Hey, there's other ways to support us. Like Matt said, hey, answering those ma- those questions we ask you, the mailbags, giving us the five-star ratings, the comments, the likes, the follows on the Twitch, all those good things keep us motivated, keep us rocking and rolling, and keep us bringing these shows to you, the people, or robots, or whatever, all the things. And hey, speaking of the Twitch, make sure if you gave us your Prime sub before and you're not doing anything else with it, make sure you re-up with us resub with us and just keep keep the love flowing keep the love rolling but of course this podcast drops every two weeks on tuesday so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 9th of july for our very next episode and you can find that episode on itunes on stitcher on podbean on spotify and on youtube and as i always say if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out please give us a like a rating review a comment a subscription any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it and with that matt That concludes everything we've got for y'all today. We hope you enjoyed, and tune in next time for all the wonderful news in the video game world. And until then, there's nothing left to say, Matt. But don't don't, don't Don't forget forget to say. Goodbye, everybody. Peace out.